0: morning, Thrive Church. I am so glad to see you online as much as I'd like to actually see you physically. I'm so glad that we can at least do this, and I hope uh, that you are safe and you are healthy and that this finds you well. Uh, please remember, to, if you are in need of something, let us know. Uh, you can get in touch with us um, either through the uh, church website or you can you can certainly you know, call us. Um, the number's also online. We'd love to be able to help you if you need it. Um, but here we are and, um, we are talking about prayer in our current series. And if you'll remember about two weeks ago, um, I asked everyone to commit to praying five minutes a day, just five minutes. I was, I thought that that amount would be a relatively easy, um, time uh, to commit to. And so last week, um, I, I I asked you, how'd you do? And I'm going to ask you again. So how'd you do with five minutes of prayer every single day? And, and also, like last week, I'm, I'm hoping that you can, can help us out so we can kind of gauge this. Um, if you were able to pray every single day for five minutes, go ahead and hit the heart button. Um, just give us a little bit of love. Let us know that you were able to do that. If you were able to uh, pray at least three days out of the seven, at least three, give us a thumbs up. Okay, so we have an idea of how many people were able to, to do five minutes for at least three days. And if you kind of need a reset because you you weren't able to to really do it at all, uh, give us a, a little laugh right the little haha button would would be great. And, and full disclosure, I'm just going to tell you this up front that personally, um, I have to do the thumbs up this week. I wasn't able to do the heart one. I got to do do thumbs up because I didn't get all seven uh, of them in. And by the way, this isn't to shame anybody. I, I get it. You know, we thought that. With, uh, with sheltering in place, we'd all have more time, right? Uh, and yet I think some of us feel like we're busier now than we were before, um, I'm just trying to, to make sure that we're uh, keeping up with everything that, that's going on, not just at work, but also personally and health-wise and so on and so forth. So if you're feeling that way, you're not alone. And, uh, I don't want anybody to feel bad about this, but do, you know, give us a little love or a thumbs up or a ha and just kind of let us know, um, you know, how you're doing with that. Now, um, I want to reiterate something, and I think this is important because of the series that we're in. You just need to understand kind of my working definition for all of this. And it's simply this, that prayer is simply talking with God. That's it. Just talking with him. I remember, uh, I had a seminary professor once. Some of you heard me have heard me tell the story, but uh, the seminary professor was a great guy and brilliant. Um, but when he prayed, he prayed in like the King's English, with all kinds of these and thous and that sort of thing. And it was very strange because that's not the way he normally talked. But when he prayed, that's the way he prayed. You know, I'm not uh, calling him down on that. I just thought it was kind of kind of interesting. Um, but prayer is talking with God. That's it. And I think the key is this word with. We're talking with God. We're not talking to God. We're not talking at God. We're talking with God. It means that it's a conversation. That it means it's a, it's a dialogue. where it's back and forth. And I think that the best way to approach that, even if you're doing it five minutes a day, is to presume that God will talk to you that he'll speak to you in some way, shape, or form, that he will communicate back with you because it's a conversation. And there's a number of different ways that, that God does this. I mean, God communicates to us in, in, in different, I'll call them channels, different ways. And there's four major ones. There might be others, but these are the four that, um, that I've noticed he's, he's spoken to me about and, and others that I know. And, and first is that he will speak through his Bible. He'll speak through the word. Um, That makes perfect sense. He's the one who inspired those writers to actually write his thoughts down. And so why wouldn't he choose to use that? In fact, sometimes um, I know that um, it's helpful when I'm reading through a passage of scripture, I keep reading until something jumps out of the page at me. You may want to try that. If you're doing some kind of a study or if you're just reading through the Bible, keep reading until something jumps out at you because very often that's something that God wants to speak to you about or wants to illustrate something to you through that through that verse or or maybe um, if you're kind of going through your day or having a conversation with someone or if you're journaling or if you're praying certain Bible verses will come to your mind for one reason or another best thing you can do is stop and go look it up either You know, punch it into your phone or if you've got a Bible nearby page to it, go look that particular verse up. And very often there's something near that verse or in that verse that God wants to speak to you. It's happened to me over and over again. In fact, for me, I'll I'll often have a passage that will come to mind. And when I go and I look it up, it's usually two or three verses ahead of that that passage or two or three verses you know, below that passage, uh, somewhere in there, when a verse jumps to my mind, I have an, a sense that God's probably trying to say something to me. And so keep that in mind, that God speaks to us through his word. Makes perfect sense. You know, secondly, um, God will speak to us um, through other people, very often the wisdom of others. Now, I think you have to you know, choose carefully who you're, you're going to listen to and, and, frankly, who you're going to ignore. But the point is is that, that God will speak to you through others. I've said this before, and it's not really tongue-in-cheek, but I'm surprised at how often the voice of God sounds like my wife or my kids. <laughs> the little things that they'll say here and there where I can honestly say, oh, that's from the Lord. I was uh, in a meeting not too long ago, with a, a gentleman, uh, a mentor, up another pastor, and uh, he was just kind of sharing something that God was teaching him, and and uh, he said, "Yeah, I don't know how much longer I'm I'm you know really going to do this," and and uh, he says, "I'm not sure I'm the one," and I just looked at him and I said, "No, we need you to lead us. We, we need you to lead us." And uh, I, you know, I, I wouldn't be thinking that way. And he just paused and he said. You have no idea um, how your words have just affirmed something that uh, God was, was trying to teach me. Now, I didn't know that I was you know, going to be the voice of God, but God used my words to affirm uh, another brother. And don't be surprised if, if that's you. And if, and if you're doing that for someone else, it's not uncommon for someone else to say something to you that really helps them, that encourages them in that moment so god will often speak through someone else third god will speak to us through our circumstances now i think you got to be careful with this one Um, but there are times there are moments in our lives when only god could put something together. There are too many coincidences for it to be an actual coincidence. And you know what I'm talking about. You've experienced this too, where you've, you've had a series of events have occurred and they have kind of lined up and, and all of a sudden you're in this magnificent spot and it was clearly God who orchestrated that. You know, God speaks to us in our circumstances. And, and usually when those events line up, um, he's trying to communicate to us that he loves and he cares about us. That happens often, I think, if we're paying attention to it. It speaks to us through our circumstances. And finally, God will speak to us directly. That There'll be some type of communication that, that comes to us. Now, I, we need to be careful here because um, this is where uh, I think a lot of us get a little uncomfortable you know, with the thought that you know, God you know, talks to his people. But he does. For me, um, it's usually an impression of some sort. It's just something that I'm sensing. Uh, Sometimes it's a very specific word or it's a picture. And um, on rare occasion, it's an audible voice of God. Um, That doesn't happen very often. And I know lots of saints who have lived a long time and they may be able to count You know one or two times where they've actually heard the audible voice of God in their life and so don't be looking necessarily for the audible voice but look for other ways impressions thoughts pictures ideas that come into your head God can speak to us um, those ways so as we're praying remember we're talking with God and part of that means that we're listening to him not just speaking uh, at him or or to him but it's a back and forth there's a conversation here and, and don't be surprised if if you don't hear something right away there, there's a there's a process here and, and the point to all of this the reason why i'm asking you to commit to five minutes and praying is is that i want you to get to know god when jesus was on the earth he was talking with his disciples once and uh, some other, other people were there and in a conversation with, if I remember right, it's some other religious leaders. And, and Jesus makes this amazing comment. He says, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. And that's what we're trying to, to do here is that we're trying to learn what the father's voice sounds like, what the shepherd's voice is like. We listen to his voice. He knows us and we follow him. So remember, our, our definition of disciple here is a person who listens to God in response. That's it. But the challenge, of course, is that <clears throat> it's going to take time. We actually have to learn what the Father's voice sounds like. And the best way to do that is, is through prayer. So let's not overcomplicate prayer. Okay, let's keep it as simple as possible. It is it's you talking, of course, to God, but also listening for God at the same time. And and the other piece of this, and this is where I want to encourage you, is to keep at it. Now, full disclosure, <laughs> that one's for me, too, because sometimes when I am praying, I don't necessarily hear God right away. Sometimes uh, I do. Uh, as most of you know, I, I try to use a journal and as a way of praying and And uh, there are a number of days that I have where I don't sense that God's speaking to me at all. And other days, there's this deluge of of information and things that I feel like he wants me to know, things that I need to pay close attention to. And I've talked with other people who have had the same experience, that there are lulls in God speaking to us, but he does speak, and it takes time. So don't overcomplicate this. Understand that you talk with God You listen for the things that he has to say, and over time, you'll begin to hear his voice. And so we'll know it, and we're able to follow him with some confidence. So for the last uh, couple of weeks, um, we've let Jesus teach us about prayer, and today we're going to turn and listen to to Paul, another New Testament writer. In fact, he wrote a lot of the New Testament. And uh, I'm going to invite you to join me um, in the book of Philippians, a letter that he has written to a church in a town called Philippi. So let me give you a, a little bit of context around this, uh, this letter and and some of what the contents are about. It's written to a church, which is a group of, of believers who are trying to listen and respond to what God has to say uh, in this town of Philippi, which is in Macedonia, which is slightly north of Greece. Uh, you can look it up on a map because there still is a country called Macedonia. And in fact, if I remember right, um, this city uh, still exists, although I think it's under a different name. Overall, this is a happy letter. Um, there's no rebuke. There's no correction that's going on, like in First and Second Corinthians, we see um, Paul taking that church to task over things that they have done and they they haven't done. Um, and overall, this church is doing well, and Paul has a personal connection to them. In fact, he writes to some very specific people in the letter. In this, this particular letter is often called the book of joy because Paul uses that term many times. And it's an important feature of the overall letter. Um, here's what Paul writes in the very beginning. Let me see if we can illustrate this a little bit. He, he writes to them, In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel, the good news of Jesus, from the first day until now they haven't wavered from it. And so there's a lot of joy in Paul's heart and he expresses that to them. And we find this term throughout the letter and it expresses how he feels. So it's a happy letter. And this is a church that's doing really well. But I want to turn our attention to um, how Paul uh, wraps up um, the letter. And, and so um, there's a, a a little section in here that I think actually speaks to our circumstances today. And, and you'll see what I mean in just a minute. So what I'd like to do is uh, go to Philippians chapter four and I want to read this, uh, read this little section to you and then we'll'll we'll, we'll take it apart and we'll look at it in a little more detail. So let me uh, get this right. <clears throat> Paul writes to them chapter four beginning with verse four. Rejoice in the Lord always. There's that word again. There's that idea of joy. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Now this is the word of the Lord and we believe it. But let's look at the different elements in this passage and let's see if we can try to understand it on a slightly uh, deeper level if, as it were. So first, um, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Uh, see, it's a, it's a happy book, right? Recently, um, Lisa and I were, were praying about something that was actually quite heavy. And in the course of the prayer, uh, I had uh, an image. It was, actually it was a particular word that came to my mind um, in the midst of that prayer. And the word was simply praise. Again, we were praying about something heavy, something that was, you know, happening within our family. And, and we just were like, oh, God, what do we do? And we we're looking for, for some, some guidance and direction. And I, I could feel um, the weight of it. And we both could, honestly. And yet, in the midst of that, God provided this word to praise. Distinctly felt it. And we we kind of stopped our prayers and we said, you know what? I think we need to turn to praise. And so we spent a couple more minutes worshiping God for who he is and for the things that he's done. And what it did is it Kind of changed our our attitudes a little bit. Um, when you change your posture from heaviness to praise, in this particular case, things change, and your prayers become energized. And I think there's a number of reasons for this, but at least in our case, is that we we changed our focus from something negative to something positive. And because of that, our hearts changed, our minds changed, our, our physical being changed because we were praising, we were focusing on the solution, not necessarily the problem, if that makes any sense. And so rejoice is what Paul says. And I'm, I'm understanding this, is that re- regardless of what the circumstances are, rejoice. It changes your, uh, your focus and your attention. And frankly, it changes your mindset and how you're going to approach things. Now, we'll see a little bit more here in a moment. You'll see how all of these things come together. In verse 5, it says, Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Now, we need to talk about this word, gentleness, a little bit. In some translations, it's let your reasonableness be evident to all, which is just hard to say. Your reasonableness. But the word um, that's used here carries with it the idea of fairness and patience. Oh, we love that word, don't we? We love the idea of being patient. But that's what's being communicated here. Um, That let your reasonableness, let your fairness, let your patience be evident to all. Why? Because the Lord is near. That's something that we've got to pay attention to. This is what it means to be a Christian. If we are a Christian, we are little Christs ourselves. That's what the word means. And when we enter into a set of circumstances, we know that the Lord is near because we carry him with us. This is why the presence of God is so important to our Christian walk, to our following Jesus. If we're going to listen and respond, we have to be in his presence and we carry that presence with us wherever we go whether it's your job or your home your neighborhood or or you know wherever you happen to be that's what you're carrying with you is the fact that the lord is near and so you're going to allow your patience your patience be evident because the lord is near and what this does is it completely changes your perspective on things It absolutely changes that. So what Paul is saying is rejoice and be patient because God is involved in all of this. That God is is present with you because of who you are and and the new creation that you are, and you're entering those circumstances. Look, I, I know that you might be going through some scary stuff right now. Your circumstances might be a big challenge. And I understand why, because where we, where we uh, uh, live um, in the United States and all of the COVID-19 and there's economic things, there's all the, it's scary. Let's, let's just call it what it is. But can I remind you of something? The tomb is still empty. God is still on the throne. And he loves and he cares about you right now in this moment. This is a new reality that we live in. The Lord is near because we believe, we trust, we're following, we're trying to listen and respond to him, so we're following him. That's the perspective that we, we bring into the circumstances. It's a new reality, despite the scary stuff. And so... Because of that, we can go on to the next verse, verse 6. Do not be anxious about anything. Hmm. It's a lot of things to be anxious for, isn't there? But he, Paul writes, don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Hmm. We have a new reality We don't have to be anxious. And here's the word. The word here is being uh, worried or troubled. Feeling that way at all? I mean, it's it's not uncommon under these circumstances. And and by the way, when we're talking about don't be anxious, that means don't go overboard in the opposite direction. That doesn't mean to be reckless. You know, here's the thing. COVID-19 is real. And I know there's all kinds of different opinions on this. And and if you don't believe me, just go on Facebook. You you can see every opinion displayed for everybody and plenty of arguments about it. But the disease is real. And it, it does affect a lot of people. It's got a high mortality rate, about 5.7%. That's higher than virtually anything else. And I think that... Um, to be, it's to be reckless if we just kind of rush into it and just, oh, God's going to take care of this or I don't have to worry about it. That's reckless. Don't be reckless about it. Don't be anxious about it, but also don't be reckless. Don't ignore it. Don't invite the trouble. Don't go looking for trouble, but rather be cautious. See, the opposite of anxious is not reckless. The opposite of anxious is actually cautious. It's okay to be cautious. I think it's wise to be cautious. Let's exercise some wisdom here and wear a mask. Let's wash our hands. Let's keep 6 feet apart. There's nothing wrong with that. Let's just be smart about it. And I think ultimately it's kind of what Paul what kind of what Paul is saying here is don't be anxious about anything. But also don't be reckless. Don't be anxious about it. Don't be troubled or worried. You must see your circumstances in light of a big God who might be trying to teach you something through this, or redeem something through all of this. Because that's the God we serve, is a God of redemption. He takes things that are broken, He makes them beautiful. He takes things that are, are, are kind of ugly, and he, he makes them beautiful. And you've heard me say this before. Jesus didn't come to make you better. He came to make you new. You're a new creation in Christ. Keep that in mind. So don't be anxious about it. God's up to something and he's near and we can have confidence in that. We can be patient in those things. Now, now look, I know that's hard. I know it is. It's hard for me. Um, and I know that, that it's easier said than done, but, but God does give us something to do. Some of you um, don't like to just think about stuff. You want to get active and start getting in and doing stuff. Well, Paul provides that for us. And he writes very clearly, in every situation, present your requests to God. Ask him. Yes, ask him. If he loves you, he wants you to know. He wants to do something. He wants you to, to be part of the adventure that he's on. And I think he has that for everybody. So don't be anxious, but in every situation, positive, negative, whatever it happens to be, scary, exciting, adventuresome, what, whatever it is, he says, present your requests to God. Yeah, ask him, talk to him about it. And then he tells us how, he gives us three parts. Um, it's it's actually you know pretty simple. By prayer, that means talk to him, and listen for what he says, right? By prayer and Petition. Now, this is a trickier word. This word um, petition, it carries with it the idea of seeking. So by prayer, talking with them, and by seeking, by petition. Um, This is not just an offhand request that we're making. There's a petition here. Um, You want to put your heart into it. Um, I wrote in my notes here that recently um, I was with my family at night and praying. Most nights uh, we're able to pray together and uh, we all uh, get to the same spot and we describe what we're thankful for and then we pray together. And I caught myself, (laughs) it's kind of embarrassing to say, but I caught myself just saying words. You ever done that? Uh, Very often it happens at the dinner table and you might have a prayer that you say by rote. just something that you've memorized either as a kid or you've just decided to as a family and it's it's just words and it doesn't feel like you're connecting with anybody in particular just saying the words and i found myself praying that way at night with with my family and i i remember catching myself what am i doing i'm not i'm not i'm not saying this to anyone anyway. i'm not seeking anything i don't necessarily have my heart in it it became very perfunctory very mechanical. Um, I was simply saying the words just to get through it. Maybe I was tired, it doesn't, doesn't matter. But when when you're actually presenting your requests to God by prayer, when you're talking with him and by petition, that means seeking him. It means putting your heart into it. Understand that you are speaking directly with the creator and sustainer of the universe, and that actually means something. And you might not necessarily get any feedback from him at the moment, but understand what it is that you're actually doing here. Allow your heart to seek him. So by prayer and petition. Um, I, I wonder in those moments when we're just kind of saying the words, <sighs> we get what we, what we expect. we we're not actually seeking him, you know, maybe, maybe there's no wonder why we don't feel like God is answering prayers. You know, I felt like my prayers were falling short. And <laughs> I realized in that moment, I didn't even believe the things that I was saying. I was just saying them. So the encouragement here is put your heart into it. Just say, okay, God, I'm going to talk with you. I really want to hear from you. Um, but, but there's some energy here. There's a purpose to all of this. And even if I don't hear you now, by prayer and petition, I'm going to present my requests to you, if that makes sense. And of course, then, you know, with thanksgiving, with a certain amount of gratitude. And, and there's a, different, a couple different ways you can do this. First of all, you can remember a moment when God moved previously. You know, we remember those things because if God moved then, then he might move now. And that's important because... God still acts, and we believe in, in that. Um, maybe you can do it uh, where you appreciate his love and his care. You know, as you're making your request, going, man, I, I know you've done this before. I know that you love and care about us. That's the new reality. Uh, we have Jesus in our heart. We're adopted as sons and, go- and daughters of the living God, and I, I think that we need to remind ourselves of that and be thankful for it. And the other thing you can do is thank him in advance and just make the request and say, God, however you choose to to deal with this, I'm going to thank you. I'm going to be grateful for however it is that you move. So with prayer and petition and with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And and here's the result. Verse 7, And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds In Christ Jesus, see, then you can actually rest in God. Look, it's hard to do. I understand because you know sometimes worry takes over, and we're we're used to that emotion, and we're used to feeling that way. But if you are praying, if you're speaking with God, and you you've got your heart into it, and you've got some gratitude behind it, and you have the perspective of a big God who loves you and wants what's best um, for you in light of His kingdom, look, you can you can rest in that. And uh, you play pray with that perspective. I don't know, it's, it settles your heart. But please understand, that is a learned thing. That is not necessarily something that's immediate. Sometimes it is, but it's also a learned thing that we go through. The peace of God which transcends all understanding. You know, sometimes you can be at peace with stuff and nobody else understands why. They don't get it because it transcends their understanding. And yet that's what guards our hearts and our minds, in Christ Jesus. We can stay faithful to what we believe, to to whom we believe in. We stay faithful to that. Hmm. So this week, as you can imagine, um, I'm going to ask you again to commit to just five minutes a day. Uh, Longer is great. If you choose to pray longer than five minutes, hey, that's cool love to have that happen but but here's my suggestion for you my suggestion is that um you would pick um just one thing to pray about you know each day and you're gonna do five minutes you know maybe it's the virus maybe it's the economic condition um maybe it's something personal maybe it's somewhere where all those things overlap i i I know there's there's plenty of things to pray about but pick one and, and try to praise God first. Rejoice that the creator and the sustainer of the universe is listening to you. And try to pray with perspective that he is Lord. Even over whatever it is that you're, you're working on or working through or, or getting worked over by, whatever it happens to be. Remember, he is Lord. And he truly cares about you right now. In this moment, he cares about you and what's going on in your circumstances. And then, as you pray, put your heart into it. Put your heart into it and thank him for that love that he has for you and the interest that he has in your life. And uh, over the week, what I want you to do is I want you to listen to what he says. I think God's going to speak to you about that issue. I really do. And if you do sense something, even if it seems crazy or you don't know if it's God speaking to you, write it down somewhere, you know, a little sticky note or something. Just write it down. I think God will, will confirm that. He'll affirm it for you at some point. But listen to what he says. And pay attention to your heart when you do this. Is it more at peace? Just a little bit? Even if it's incremental, I think you need to acknowledge that. yeah i prayed about this and and i do believe that god is active and that he cares and somehow that begins to settle our hearts so five minutes this day so thankful for things like um philippians chapter four just you know a few short verses and yet packed with such practical advice Um, especially for times like we're living in so let's pray lord jesus thank you for your word Thank you for loving us and providing it to us and for um, giving us a way to pray, for giving us ideas on how to do this better. And and God, I pray for every person who is committing um, to pray in just five minutes. God, I pray you would speak to them, that you would meet them right where they're at, speak to their heart in such a way that they can't deny the fact that it's you. I do pray for that. I want to hear um, about, about the God who still moves and still acts on behalf of his people because they sought you with their whole heart. They put their heart into it, and they had a lot of gratitude because of it. I, I think those are prayers that you like to answer. I believe that. So whatever that prayer is, uh, I just pray that you would speak to them through it. They would genuinely hear you in some way. and Oh, God, please protect us from the coronavirus and protect us from the the economic challenges that are already beginning to occur. Lord, you are still Lord over all of that. We believe it and we lean into it in these times. And I pray that your peace would settle on hearts all over Thrive Church and that ultimately, Lord, it would settle us and we'd be able to lean into you even more. Pray this all in Jesus' name, amen.